Hello and welcome to the Mahana Music Show with me, Toby Allen, the podcast where we talk to MENA musicians and music industry leaders to find out real-life strategies to solve real-time issues within today's music landscape. Before we jump into this week's episode, I would like to tell you about my new free ebook that I'm giving away called the How to Kickstart Your Music Career. These four key strategies will show you how to build the foundations to 10x your fans, multiply your streams and get more gigs. You can download your copy at go.manamusic.com forward slash opt in. I will also put this link in the show notes. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's chat. Good afternoon and welcome to another Man of Music show. Um, this week, I'm really, really excited to have an awesome Arab female singer joining us all the way from outside the region over in London, Intibint. How are you? Noha. That, what should we call you? Inti? Intibint? Noha? Inti is like a nice little short um, nickname for my artist name, so Fantastic. you can go with that. So welcome to the show. Hope you're all well over there. Um, so let's just get going to let you explain who you are, where you're from and what you do. Cool. So I'm a Yemeni artist. Um, I live in London. I was born in London. Um, I'm a singer, songwriter and producer and uh, illustrator as well. So I do like visual um, illustrations. And um, yeah, that's it. I'm currently working on music and looking forward to releasing my debut EP. Um, so yeah, that's it. Really. Let's start right at the beginning. So brought up in London um, with both Yemeni parents. Yeah, both awesome. my parents are Yemeni. Um, where did music come into the family? Was it just singing in the shower, pots and pans, um, yeah. how young, school orchestras, where did it all start for you? So I always, like, I really always enjoyed singing. Like, there's loads of little videos of me when I was a kid just, like, singing at my sister's birthday and, like, that kind of thing. But it was never really, like, um, at home, like, it wasn't... My parents kind of brought us to the UK like with, like, an idea in mind, like, you're going to be, like you know, um, a doctor and like that kind of thing. Um, and then obviously like, um, yeah, I had different plans, <laughs> but, um, I kind of tried like to go down the route that my parents wanted. Cause I thought, you know, maybe, maybe that's better for me. But then, um, yeah, I, I, I did a, like, I did an undergraduate degree and then I did a master's degree. And then after the master's, I kind of was like, not really and like just kind of knew that I just wasn't really feeling it and still really wanted to try and explore music so yeah even though I didn't really grow up with it it was kind of something that I did just on my own like just like at school I did like talent shows at school as well um I did listen to music at home a little bit like my parents loved listening to like um just like the classical Arab ones like Feirouz and some Yemeni artists like Adel Kipsi, Abu Bakr Salim like just um that kind of thing and um yeah it was more for us like at home music was more like 
either listening to it like for fun or it was more like when there was a wedding coming up then you would we would be listening to a lot of music during those kind of times um but it's not really like I didn't really have like a traditional kind of music background like a lot of artists do where they'll kind of grow up jamming with people that kind of thing it wasn't really that um so yeah that was kind of my that's kind of my journey with music and then it's only after I graduated where then I was like okay let me actually give this a go myself and then I downloaded Logic and then just started playing around. We'll get to Logic or Ableton later. Um, <laughs> were you ever influenced by your Yemeni roots um, or was it primarily Western when you were listening to the radio or um, music in the family, as you said. So your parents listened to the classical Arab stuff. Did you feel, um, you know, attached to the Arab world, the Arab music culture, or was you more leaning towards your Yemeni, uh, you know, uh, daughter of Yemeni parents, but she, it was drawn to Western music? Be interesting to understand that cultural, um, maybe indifference. You know, that where, where, where do you lean towards as you're growing up? I feel like I'm kind of. A mixture of both because I feel like that's actually something that like a lot of people um like a lot of diaspora will have that like at the beginning you don't really think about it too much and then as you grow up in uh, a western country as like a child of of like from from uh, as a child of like conservative parents you do end up going through that phase where you're just like not really sure like which side um but for me it was more always about trying to like find like a balance or like a merging of the two rather than just picking one and the same with music like I'm always trying to find ways to like bring both together not just like in the sound but even in like the songwriting like just in all of it because that's really what my experience has been um it's always just about yeah like trying to make them both work together because I feel like there's aspects I like and dislike in both so I'm like trying to just find like what works um rather than be like okay I, I want to kind of stick to one side and, and like I know people who prefer to kind of just you know take take one path because that's what works for them but it just really never worked for me that way so yeah awesome what do you find yourself writing about boys girls um politics women's empowerment yeah. what what are the things that matter to you um I kind of write about is I mean I like I think like most people I'll write about sort of what like was really resonating with me in the moment um like what I've released some music about one of my first single was about like it was about love and then I released two songs which were more about um sort of my relationship with my um with my country and like what's going on there so those are my two songs noise and in my dreams and then now I'm working more on an EP which is about my whole experience um basically uh falling in love and being in a relationship with a non-Arab which was kind of something that is that I've kind of grown up knowing is not allowed. <laughs> so um it was like that whole experience was is just kind of it's been a very significant experience in my life. Uh, and so I, I've, I've been writing about that at the moment. Um, and just kind of, yeah, like that feeling of that, like we're kind of told like growing up that like any relationship out of marriage is, is going to lead you to hell and that kind of thing. So I'm just writing about that really. <laughs> um, yeah. 
That's that's um, fascinating. Um, I resonate with it um, and understand. Um, what's your process of writing? Um, really interesting. So you've got these um, emotional ideas going around in your head that you want to get out because you use music as your carrier, so to speak, as your you know your microphone, literally. Um, what's the process? Do you write the riff first? Do you write your words first? Do you write in a book? Do you use your phone? I'd be fascinated to understand what's your process for you. Yeah, I think for me, it actually has always started with a sound first. So I kind of either start with like a chord or even sometimes like if I find a nice, a nice like sample or just like the first kind of sound that like will spark some inspiration. And then once I, once I get that, then I kind of just let myself see what comes next. You know what I mean? Like if I'm, if I've already written about, um, like with the whole EP, for example, I actually started off writing, um, the, I like wrote the first song that comes on the EP first. And then, um, it just kind of went on from there. I didn't actually plan to write it about this whole experience. I just kind of wrote one song, which was about the beginning of the experience and then randomly wrote another song, which was more about like, something that happened in the middle or the end and then I kind of realized okay like I'm kind of just naturally writing the whole story let me let me actually just make an EP that tells the story um so it kind of sort of happens naturally and um yeah but most of the time like just to kind of get myself started it's I just have to think get a sound or just something to like inspire me first awesome so what is the end goal for you for making your music? Um, I suppose there's short-term and long-term here, like immediately there, I'm thinking of the EP, but then mm -hmm. as a musician, how do you define success for you? Um, that's a really, I think every artist needs to ask themselves that question because <laughs> it's, it's a very important thing. Um, I really try to tell myself that success is just, you know doing what I love and 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 that's really what success is but obviously there's also the other part of me that's like you know I really want to go on tour and like perform and do all of the great stuff um and you know like yeah I think the next step get an EP out and then I really want to do an album and I really want to perform that's really the the main aim but I try and tell myself that success is just doing music and what I love so that um because that is really like the main thing and I want to like try and stay grounded and let them awesome so now do you what are the challenges that you are you are facing again these are all subjective I understand mm -hmm. but for you what are the challenges that you're encountering encountering as a artist and I'm not even I don't want to go down the road of gender specific or just as a musician what are your challenges that you find that you need to overcome on your day-to-day -day trying to be that successful artist? Um, to be honest, at the moment, um, the main issue that I faced, honestly, at the beginning was um, it has been very... I know we weren't, you weren't asking me gender-specific, mm -hmm. but it has been a little bit mm -hmm. difficult uh, from that side of things. Um, just feeling very uh, intimidated by kind of a very male-dominated environment. I, I have, in a way though, like that has ended up being a good thing because 
that has been kind of the main motivation behind me learning to uh, do production myself because I ended up feeling a little bit like unable to kind of take control of the situation and I really wanted to and so I thought well if I just learn to do it myself then I can have full control over what I'm making um so that was kind of the main challenge for me is like feeling like I can be the the one in control of like the artistic process um and now I feel like I've managed to deal with that so that's good Maybe uh, a sensitive topic, but just I wanted to touch base on it uh, because if you've had any uh, tools to respond to it, but did that process of feeling undermined maybe by a male-dominated industry in, in your eyes, um, which is probably very true very at certain times, um, did that affect mental health? Or um, did you, or were you strong enough? Do you feel to have the tools to be, maybe from your upbringing to go? No, I'm not enjoying this process. I'm going to take control of it, and this is what I need to do in order to rectify that that situation. Yeah, I, it was it was very challenging. Like it, I did very, feel very helpless at times, and very like sort of questioning if I was going to be able to um, pursue this properly. But I think. I'm very lucky in the sense that I have very, um, like my partner's very supportive and I have very supportive friends who have just told me to keep going. And really, like, that's the best thing because I think that actually any artist, if I, if I have, if that, if I could give anyone any advice, that I would be like, if someone won't do something for you or if you feel like you can't do something, then, like, learn to do it because that will give you, like, the power, like, to 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 be the one in control of anything. So I feel like, yeah, for me, it was hard, but in a way, like, you know, I'm happy that I managed to come out of that um, just kind of stronger. Um, it seems like that you got your network. Your mm -hmm. net worth is your network uh, around you um, and the importance of having the team that have got your back. Would you say that's mm -hmm. quite prevalent as a musician? Yeah, definitely. I think it's really important. I think I'm still growing and I still, um, I'm still like, you know, trying to kind of um, find more musical support, like support as a musician. But I think even if you, um, even if you don't necessarily have people who are kind of your, um, like music team, even just like your personal, um, like just people around you, you need to make sure that those people are constantly supporting you, even if they don't completely understand. I think that's the good thing is that like I have friends who don't even do music and they're kind of doing the nine to five, like very traditional route, but they're still very understanding of like, this is my passion and this is what I want to pursue. And so they will be very supportive of that. And I think that's something that's really, really important because I feel like for many artists, like if it's really hard to like keep going, uh, especially when you're still an emerging artist, it's kind of hard to like um, keep that motivation. So you, it's really important to like make sure you have people around you who will support you and you can't support yourself. That's brilliant. Um, having foundations, I think, before mm -hmm. um, even starting to think about being the PR guy, the marketing guy, the social media guy, the sales guy, the, the accounting as a musician. I think it's really yeah. important to have foundations so you can build your house on it or build your career on that. Um, moving on to um, marketing, 
Mm. How important is marketing to you? And um, how much of time, maybe monetary, if you want to go there, do you invest yeah. in marketing? That's the, yeah, I'd just like to touch base on, the, on that first. Yeah, I think that's a really, I mean, it was very important. I, I mean, I think that's kind of the, like, is basically like 40% of the thing. Like, you kind of need to be doing a lot of marketing work if you want to get anywhere as an artist. Um, and I think that, yeah, for me, that's been a really, really big um, part of what I do, just because I really want to, put myself out there and and the good thing is nowadays actually there's so much more like that you can do yourself as well and there's and not just do yourself but there's so much more is even more accessible to find people to help you so there's like yeah it's it's super important and and um yeah I mean I think I'm quite happy that like I've managed to kind of find obviously my own music as well. And um, yeah, definitely is very important. <laughs> if you very kindly, thank you, took us out of the equation and you were still at home um, doing it all DIY. Yeah. Um, and I'm yeah. very, very grateful and humbled that you came to us to have that discussion. What would you say the balance between paid PR and non-paid PR, like traditional and digi digital methods, um, would there be any, would you still invest in paid ads, your social media ads, or would you rely purely on the social media algorithms uh, to help you with getting your music in front of more eyes and more ears? Um, I think that for me, I haven't actually invested uh, a big amount on like paid um like social media ads so like the instagram ads and and um i think youtube do it but i'm not actually i've tried the instagram ones before um but not that much i think for me i'm more waiting to kind of i think they are useful i've actually heard from a lot of people that like um instagram ads um are one of the ones that are actually useful but i've not tried them enough i think that like it's important to kind of grow yourself first, especially because when you're still an emerging artist or an emerging anything really, that first that first year or sometimes even two years, you're still kind of figuring out your brand. So there's no much not much point if you're to put yourself to start investing in ads if your brand might change, if you might decide yourself you kind of want to change how you use your social media and all that stuff and that's actually all very important so I feel like for me it's more like I feel like I'm now getting to that point where I've figured out my brand I've figured out what I want to do why I want to use social media so now I'm starting to get ready to be like okay I can start paying for things but before that I didn't I don't think there's much point you think you need to kind of figure that out first um so yeah, because I'm still kind of there. Can't say too much about the paid the paid ads because I haven't actually used them enough yet. You've um, been a megaphone just there for Anna and uh, the, the shouting out about the importance of a uh, brand. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to add one more bit into that equation, and that's having a story. Mm -hmm. um, so having the music, having a brand, and having the story 
will help you exponentially get more coverage, more eyes and more ears with media. Um, if you have, if you lack one of those three, we have noticed historically that um, artists don't get as much. So it's really important to have those three a part of your foundations, your music, your brand, and a story. And then you can go to the next step and start promoting yourself out to the big wide world. Yeah. Um, what are your preferred social media platforms? Um, definitely Instagram. Find it the easiest and the, the one I use the most. I'm trying to start using Twitter a bit more now. Um, so, yeah, definitely Instagram. And I, I do like Twitter. I just don't use it very often. I feel like you need to be really witty. Otherwise, there's not, <laughs> you know, to, talk, to tweet. And I just don't have, like, I, I'm still not quite there. Yeah. I feel like I did use it before. It's just been so long that I'm like, oh, like, I don't I don't have it anymore. But, um, yeah, no, Instagram is definitely, I think, my favorite. And then um, Twitter next. I did use Clubhouse for a bit, but then kind of mm, stopped. I don't know. I feel like less people use I don't know. But anyways, yeah, Instagram, then Twitter, then Facebook. It's funny you say that. I stopped Clubhouse. I thought it was the next best best thing, but then I found it very peacocking. Mm, um, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I do this, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. And I just, the initial buzz of it, I dropped and all of a sudden after a couple of weeks, I realised I just hadn't been on there and I haven't really been back. I mean, I know that we listen to each other a few times. Um, but I think there was this, it was an immense amount of new people joining very quickly and I couldn't find anyone really, or the topics that I was listening to in the first place. So yeah. I pulled out of there. Um, I'm interested to know why Twitter, um, and how did you find that? Do you think that works connects with your fans? Because I presume you're going to where your fans are. Yeah. Well, Instagram is the, my favorite, and then Twitter was only second. Um, I find I like Instagram because um, that's where I'm able to connect with people who I feel connected with my work the most. I like Twitter second because I feel like Twitter is a really good place to kind of find um, basically if I need to find anyone, like if I really need to get in contact with someone and I need to find them somehow I always go to Twitter because it just you can just search there and usually people put who they are in their bio it's just a really good place to find people so for me I've found that really useful um not so much on Instagram for some reason Twitter is just good um two tips there hashtag music journalists on um Instagram you'll find endless amount of journalists there and I've just written about this on our latest ebook and okay. journalists, most of the place, if you want to get media outlets, will be Twitter, will generically come up first on Google search. And again, I will release all that in the ebook soon. Okay, so you have um, your social media. Is there any other tools that you do to market to get you more fans? Or is it more streams? Which one would be? Let's go, for, let's go back, rewind a little bit. More streams or more fans? Or more gigs? Which one is your preference? Uh, that's difficult. I'd probably say streams, gigs, then fans. Or maybe fans, because fans will be the ones who will give you streams and gigs. Right? <laughs> that's, yeah, Open I think question. fans. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, definitely fans, because that's, that's who's going to come to see your show. That's who's going to listen to your music. Okay. So, 
Yeah, awesome. So are there anything else apart from social media that you're doing in order to increase your fan base for you over um, the last year? So. Honestly, just um, increasing, like, I'm just trying to basically make as much music as I can um, so that I can continuously be putting out music. That's kind of the thing that I'm doing the most. And then, yeah, that's it, really. Do you think engagement is a big part of that? Do you talk to your fans often? On um, Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I went through a phase where I didn't and I was being lazy. And you can tell... And it's fair enough. I mean, if people are going to support you, they kind of, you might not be able to reply every single time, but at least if you're replying as much as you can, then they can see that. And it's a, it's a relationship at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, no, 100%. I try and respond to everything. Fantastic. So um, you've got music coming out, EP. Yeah. Good question. Why an EP and then an album and then gigs? Uh, just for your would like to hear your point of view uh, why not straight into an album or why not singles what have you found in the past works for you to be honest with you I think that at my level basically I think as an imagining artist I don't really think that this is just my personal opinion rushing into an album is going to be very effective I think that actually um, consistency is the most important thing so if I put out a whole like 10 or 12 songs then I've then I won't have like I won't have enough to follow it up. So if I kind of spread it out, then I'm able to continuously be putting out stuff. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, Going to hopefully keep doing it that way. Yeah, I, I've got <laughs> I've lost for words. So yes, it's exactly. Even the major labels don't like um, albums. Uh, they prefer only again from experience in this region. I'm not talking about um, globally. Um, yeah. I'm just going from my experience. The majors here prefer um, to have you signed singles or because uh, then you've got marketing for a year mm -hmm. uh, and four, six weeks of marketing each new song. So um, you've got a bigger space and a, a more chance to build your brand. An album will get lost. Yeah. I mean, when you've got 60,000 tracks being released a day um, yeah. on Spotify or, or around the world, on other DSPs, um, an album can get very lost very quickly if it's not PR right. And there's many, many musicians out there. So I think your thinking at the moment is very good. Um, and it was, just, it was just interesting to hear what you had to say on that, your thoughts. Um, so would you like to explain to us, talking about new music, this lovely EP, um, what's the story behind it? What's it called? Tell us a little bit more. Yeah, so the EP is basically called What Are You Willing To Do? It's a bit of a long one. Um, it's basically, yeah, about... It's kind of just, like, about um, my experience with um, meeting somebody who was not an Arab or a Muslim and kind of um, the whole journey of, like, um, trying to navigate that situation, um, especially coming from a family who's very conservative and had kind of already had plans for me to marry a, a Yemeni. And um, yeah, that, that whole experience is kind of very, is very common for like, actually a lot, I've got even a lot of friends who uh, are in like very, who end up being in such relationships and you have to like hide them. You have to be very secretive about it. Um, and so I thought I wanted to write something that was very, 
personal to my experiences just because so many so many people go through it but um there's not much sort of music that is about that kind of relationship um so yeah it's um it kind of goes from the initial stage stages of the relationship into um the part where i kind of start to question if i'm doing i'm like like the what the other person has to bring in so like because I felt like I was doing so much by like lying and like hiding all this from my family so it was kind of like also asking what the other person's willing to do in returns um and then in the in the last song is called telling my mother which is a song about basically telling my mom that, about the whole thing um so yeah it was a very like it's a very personal kind of um project but I was really keen to make it and um yeah I hope people like it <laughs> I'm sure they will I'm sure they will um what three tips would you give to emerging artists uh from your experience um in order to help them scale their music career okay the first thing that came to my head was don't overthink it I think that especially with music I have so many music friends who will just overthink a song so much and I'm just like just put it out like it's not like the sad part is is the likelihood of it being like a hit single is very slim so you might as well just get it out and like you know or not get it out put it on the side make the next one and then just start releasing music like there's no point overthinking it at the, your stage you can overthink later when you know what I mean um so definitely don't overthink it uh, don't rush either like if you've made a bunch if you've made a song maybe wait until you've made like five songs before you start releasing the first one because then you'll have time to release to keep being consistent so, so don't and even if it's not about consistency sometimes don't rush because like you never know like sometimes you might be rushing for the wrong reasons and sometimes like you might actually realize that that song um can go with an ep or like that song can go with this video or whatever. Like sometimes, you know, just not rushing is good. Um, and then, yeah, the third would probably just be don't give up. Cause I think that as an emerging artist, you probably come across so many situations where you're just like, I can't do this anymore. So just keep going <laughs> and it should be fine. Amazing. Thank you so much for those. Um, where can people find you, Noha or Inti or Intibent? social media handles music handles yeah so it's all into bins i-n-t-i-b-i-n-t on instagram um twitter facebook and spotify and youtube and anrami all of those that's it awesome <laughs> inti thank you very much for your time thank you so much it's been great that's all for today's episode of The Man and Music Show. Thank you for listening and I hope you got a lot of valuable information from it. If you like this episode, then please make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes. And if you could leave a review, it really helps with the growth of the podcast. Lastly, if you're a musician or music producer and want to join the region's thriving online music community and learning hub, then head on over to our Lab Musica Facebook page. Until next time, take care, keep safe.